Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. How's it going, Derek? Going fantastic, man. Excellent. Joining us this evening, all the way from Wisconsin, is our third partner in crime, John Van Berger. How's it going, John? Oh, it's going great. How you guys doing? Not too shabs. Doing great. Good. We're all good, back good, to good. Uh, recording from our own individual places right now. Uh, we're back yep, in a... Yep. No in-studio while Sean's the only one in-studio right now. So Large we're group of one. dealing with the usual... <laughs> we're dealing with the normal technological glitches that we have to make work on uh, too many people on the internet. So everything's kind of a wonky and slow, but uh, we're, we'll make it. We'll make a go of it. Yeah, it's good. All's good. All's good. Yeah. And if you guys drop off, I'll just sing. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, I'm going Nobody for a beer. Nobody needs that. Nobody <laughs> needs that. Oh, that's I- for sure. Nobody. And <laughs> <laughs> not your worst enemy. <laughs> John singing. I'm going to need more whiskey. a lot lot more (laughs) let's just start this out with a little bit of top of the show chatter messages from listeners a lot of them about dutch ovens i didn't think we would get this many comments about dutch ovens and there is a lot of people use them yeah, there's a lot of really good-looking dishes out there from lasagnas mm-hmm. all the way in, like, desserts and everything. Yeah. I saw that lasagna post. I'm like, oh. I know, I need eh? to go paddling with this gentleman. <laughs> well, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to, uh, because, it, like I said, part of the reason I got the Dutch oven I did was you can use the top as a skillet sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I had picked up a magazine for my wife to read. Uh, back in February, beginning of February, and it was cast iron cooking. Mm. So basically cooking with your cast iron frying pan, right? And there's this one, it's a apple cake recipe. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to try that. Got all the ingredients together except one. (laughs) So (laughs) everything got put back away. (laughs) This apple cake dessert didn't get made. No. So, you know. But yeah, they're, they're definitely getting some really, real cool uh, ideas and recipes for uh, for that. I uh, am still uh, eating the chicken noodle, I don't know what you'd call it, chicken noodle heavy soup that we made. From last week? Yes. Oh, yeah. How yeah. do you have any left? Oh my God, it is, it's seriously these noodles are you know they were home style noodles right yeah um from a, a small company down here and uh like i said jan threw the whole bag in but they absorbed all of the broth so we added more you know when we were cooking <laughs> it and then when we put the leftovers in the refrigerator in the you know the plastic bins it just uh, soaked it, up more. it absorbed most of that <laughs> so so i had wow. some last night and i poured in i had to pour in like broth it was like a big clump of noodles and chicken. these noodles must be the size of your arm by now oh they're huge yeah i mean <laughs> have you tried you wringing know, I... them out <laughs> so a meal is one noodle pin. what's that <laughs> so a meal is one noodle <laughs> yeah yeah and it, and it weighs three pounds <laughs> it's a three pound noodle <laughs> wow wow yeah remind me not to make that <laughs> it's good though i will say that it's good just need a different noodle mm, not quite so many next time yeah yeah we're just gonna blame this one on jan she's not no, there, is she? no no that's not that that's not the takeaway <laughs> <laughs> oh she's sitting Zero. next to you is she? If she that's right if she's listening to this no not the takeaway <laughs> that's not what you said earlier john <laughs> oh, oh, oh 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 i'll remember that really i will remember that <laughs> and that's how no, the see, fight the, started yeah that's right <laughs> no i see i'm smart enough to know that if i were to have cooked that on my own without any assistance it would not have been good so you know the fact that she decided to add more noodles that's really a, a small uh Small factor compared to what it would have been had I been cooking alone. So the noodle adding is on you then. Yeah, essentially, I'll, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll take that one. Yeah, he's taking one for the team, his own team, because <laughs> you know. Uh, when you were out last week, what were the water levels like? Uh, 
here they were actually they were they were pretty good we hadn't gotten all of the rain yet we've had a lot of rain since then mm-hmm. and uh so you know they were actually pretty decent it is low up here yeah. yeah a lot of the uh a lot of the feeder creeks and rivers that go into the into the great lakes and stuff there's there the water level is very low i i was uh Somebody's saying that uh, in one creek that's alone, or one river alone, it's uh, <clears throat> the water level is like three feet lower than normal spring level, right? Yeah, and it's like well, that it's been a it's been a mild and dry winter. Now, was it last year where like Duffins Creek and the Rouge were overflowing? Was that last yes, year? Last, yeah, uh, last year. Well, the last three or four years, we, there have been record high. They've been doing all kinds of high releases down the St. Lawrence River and stuff like that. It's the water level has been traditionally higher. And I remember going somewheres and I could see somebody had put in those. Uh, you fill this giant tube of plastic with water, and it makes this natural dam to keep your your house dry. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I remember seeing that last spring because Lake Ontario mm-hmm. was up super high last year, and. Yeah. Uh, this year, not so much. There's just hardly no snowfall. So they're, they're all that melt in this, all the spring melt, just there's nothing to melt. Well, down at Rotary Park, where we usually launch our canoes, um, they, they put a dock in uh, so that you can, and it's right next to the parking lot, so that you can walk yeah. and launch right from the side of the dock. Mm-hmm. And there's usually three, three feet of water there. And it is bone dry. Mm. Wow. And that's going, so yeah, going up to Rotary. And I know somebody's was paddling, um, oh, uh, Ben Stacy was paddling okay. Rouge on the weekend, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, it's pretty low and he had to drag over spots. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's, that's, I hope we get huh. a lot of rain in the, in the spring here. We have we have had a lot of rain over here. In fact, I woke up this morning, um, snow on the ground. Oh, which yeah, Did which you get is your a tent bit out? of out the. What's that? Did you get your tent out? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was kind of it was a bit of a surprise. We've had so much um, so much water lately that we had standing water in the backyard the co- last couple of days. Hmm. So uh, woke up, you know, and and it melted. Um, the snow melted. You know, probably by one, two o'clock, maybe. Yeah. And uh, but I watched. This is so funny. I watched one of my. I have two really lawn obsessed neighbors, and uh, he came out today to mow his lawn for the first time. Now, keep in mind, it snowed last night. We had a ton of rain, so the ground is still really wet, right? Yeah. <laughs> he had his wellies on to mow the lawn. Oh wow! So I'm thinking to myself, it's like. If the ground is so wet that you need to wear tall rubber boots, doesn't that suggest you probably shouldn't be mowing to begin with? Please Possibly. tell me he has an electric mower. Uh, <laughs> God, I want to give him one now as a gift. Yeah, my Brilliant. goodness. I'm going out to buy one once this is over. That's right. We'll cut this from the podcast so there's yeah. no evidence. Yeah, we didn't know what you're talking about. Oh, God. I, I, was, I was just shocked. And so... Now, of course, because he's done that, the second lawn-obsessed neighbor, you know, will probably mow his lawn tomorrow, and then three times a week at, from here on out after that. It is, it's insane, so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I look at my like lawn, the, and I'm thinking, oh, I got one, and I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to let the dandelions and stuff go for the pollinators, right? Well, we have, in our front lawn, it becomes a war between Tracy and I because we have these little grapes hyacinths she planted. We've been in the house 21 years now, so 21 years ago, uh, Mm -hmm. along the front edge of our front garden. Little did we know that they spread over time (laughs) and come, they're, they're actually started up this week. And pretty soon our whole front lawn is almost a purple bed of these little grape hyacinths. Hmm. She's, oh, it's time to cut the lawn. Well, no, because there's still grape hyacinths there. And actually, <laughs> people, there's there's some older ladies that walk our neighborhood and they always stop and point and, you know, looking looking at all the flowers and stuff like that. And there's stuff growing that we didn't even plant. It was here since we got here. 
Yeah. And it all comes all right. up all at once at the beginning of the season. And then it on looks like crap the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but for that brief shining moment, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, water level is quite low. Um, I may, I, I'm content, well, we're under the, the don't travel thing right now. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, oh, and I go get my shot next Friday. Oh, do you? Right. Yeah, yeah, because we're in a hot spot. Oh, yes, yes. We're in one Where of those you, hot spots. You, and, yeah. Uh, so I had to call up and make an appointment. And uh, mm. yeah, so I got that next week. Uh, but I was thinking about going um, this weekend, but we got put under this just don't travel thing and, and seeing how far up uh, I could get up Duffins Creek and if anything's blocked. Because every, every winter and spring, everything starts to flow back down, right? And there's always blockages or something falls down logs and, and stuff. Somebody's always got to get out there with a saw and, and, uh, cut and, and whatnot. So I was going to take a peek up and get a head start on the season, but it doesn't look like I am. Huh. Mm. I did do some backyard cleaning. However, if we want to keep on the old subject of stuff I've bought, not used yet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cause you know, I was going to do a little, little canoe trip. I was going to bring my new Agua Boreal saw. I was going to bring, you know, do a little fire out there and see if I could do some, uh, cast iron cooking. And, mm-hmm. uh, I had to do some yard work out back and I had some branches that had come down over the winter in my backyard. I took out that new Agua Boreal saw and I go, again, it puts together like super fast, like under 10 seconds and it's together. Man, you don't know how dull your blade on your old saw was. <laughs> Until you get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Until you start cutting with a new one. <laughs> I mean, I knew my old one had had its day, but I didn't yeah. think it was that bad. Um, <laughs> but you know what? This one's really comfortable, really... Yeah, and you know, it just just sliced through that. Uh, had some uh, applewood and some cherry wood back there from our trees, and oh yeah, made no time at all. Cut it right up, and uh, and again, you know, taking it apart, fold it up, and puts back in the sheath again under like ten seconds, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I did get to use it, nice, but not yeah. the way I wanted to use it. But hey, <laughs> it the cuts. This will cut for all those that watch Forged in Fire. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, um, yeah, just working a lot. Uh, doing a lot of, oh, oh, I had, was in a photo contest on another Facebook page and I won with one of my photos and ended up with a Tomogamy, Friends of Tomogamy prize pack, which includes uh, a companion map for canoe tripping planning and a big uh, Friends of Tomogamy, Tomogamy map. Wow, what photo oh, yeah. did you submit this time? Did you? Uh, it was that moose one. It was the moose one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that that moose sniffing his you, toes. I think you won something from <laughs> Alan Drummond for that. Oh, I, yeah, that was part of the prize pack too. I got a, one of his okay. little keychain things there, which is cool. Uh, I just add it to the rest of my canoes that I have on my keychain now. Yeah. And kayaks, <laughs> and I got a whole flotilla <laughs> of canoes and and uh, yeah. whatnot. Um, but yeah, so I'm planning. Looking at the big map there to plan our uh, September trip to Tomogamy. So, oh, yes. You know, other than that, that's all we can do right now is just keep planning our trips like nothing's happening. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, how's your podcast uh, coming? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's a learning experience, <laughs> it, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah. <laughs> i uh doing a lot of work. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think when you get into the groove, like you guys are doing here with the weekly show, uh, I think I think it'll be nice and smooth. But to set up the first ones mm-hmm. means setting up everything, right? Yep. Um, so I recorded the trailer yesterday, and uh, I've got to uh, upload that. It'll be up on iTunes. I guess there's an approval process on it. Oh, something. yeah, there's approval process for everything these days. Yeah, so I imagine within a week or so the trailer should be up. Uh, probably post on that when it does. Uh, you know, it's coming together. It's uh, it's a buttload of work, but it's you know, 
it's uh, it's pretty cool. You know what? It, it the beginning. I mean, we started putting everything together in 2015, mm-hmm. the end of 2015, and we weren't ready to go till February. So it does take mm. a, a couple months to mind you. We weren't a podcast at the time. We had uh, a few more um, restrictions on what we could do and stuff because we were on a radio show, online right. radio. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, you know what? Once you start getting into it, and like you say, just get into the flow, the routine of it, it, it mm-hmm. becomes a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I figure you know it's. You're, you're creating something from scratch. So, you know, all of the web page stuff that we have to do with it and, you know, the social media stuff. So we're trying to get all of that together. One thing that's actually really cool, and, um, I'm, I'm you know, I, I haven't cleared this with him yet, but um, whether I can say this or not, probably. But Jerry Vandiver has been super helpful uh, with the music. And he's, because I want to make music a part of the show. Yep. And so every episode that we do, we will, when we sign off, we'll be with uh, music from an independent artist because COVID's hit them really hard, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, they can't tour and, and they don't have residuals coming in from album sales. Right? I mean, indie artists, it, man, COVID, COVID really hurt them. So we thought, oh, it'd be great if we could play something from a musician who has some kind of strong connection to the outdoors. And we'll play this music and let people know, hey, if you like this, go to here and, you know, buy buy a disc and help somebody out, you know. So, you know. I'm so it's starting to come together. Yeah, I'm kind of excited yeah, about it. Like You're going to make your May deadline? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am doing everything I can to make that May 4th deadline. You know what, dude? If there's anything I can say is if it's got to be pushed back till June to make sure you got a better product, then do it. We, yeah. we, ended, up, we ended up doing that. Did you? Yeah. Because you know what? When you're 300 episodes in, you're going to hope, you're going to be happy about that, that you didn't rush right off the bat. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and we've got kind of a big first show, and so there's a lot of work that's going, you know, because you want to come out with something really a, a cool thing, the first one, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, hopefully it all comes together, but uh, yeah, you know what? The worst thing you can do is just try to push something out just yeah. to make a deadline that realistically... You know, if, if it's if it's not what you're happy with, but mm-hmm. then again, Derek says I'm a bit of a perfectionist at times too. So you are, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and is, I am too. Isn't and, a bad thing. No, it's it just means more work, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes, but hopefully a better product and and uh, you know something that people will enjoy. So yeah, excellent. Yeah, cool beans. What about you, Derek? What do you got going? Oh, I had a full day today. So uh, I, I, uh, I think we, I might have mentioned it before on the on the show, but anyways, uh, in the winter I put my RV at a winter site, and we visit it, but we haven't been able to visit it much this year, and then another lockdown, so we had to go today and and uh, and go pick it up, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it was we had to get it off the site. So anyway, so we did a lot of hiking, and I got to set up my uh, my new tent the. Uh, the uh, oh. Biongo. Oh, the aerial. The yeah. aerial A one. Yeah. So I got cool. to set that up. The kids love it. It's it's very stable. It's a nice mm-hmm. tent. But uh, while I'm setting it up in the at the campsite, it's uh, uh, I well we had to I had to pump up the tires on on the thing so all that stuff so it was a it was a full day of stuff plus we did some hikes, but anyways I had the first ever tick on me. It was <laughs> it was an American dog tick, but it was the first time I've ever had a tick. On my on me, it never bit. It was still crawling up my leg, so uh, it was. Uh, I had to. It was like cool. I never had a tick before, so I don't know how <laughs> I managed not to do that. But yeah, it's uh, the ticks are really bad in this in this area in that campsite. Derek lost his tick virginity. <laughs> yes. Way to go, Derek! You're a big boy now. <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah, how did you uh, go through all these years about ticks? I don't know how I got. I don't know how I never had a tick. And you know what? I'm sure I've had ticks on me before. I've just not known it. Maybe it's like it's impossible not to get ticks on you when you're out camping as much as I do. Yeah. But yeah, it's for some reason. I this is the first time I've been aware. I've never been bitten by one. I wouldn't. I'm sure I would have been aware of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. Maybe just luck of the draw. I guess right. No, nah, it was that box, John. So, anyways, that. yeah. So mm. glad <laughs> yes. it finally arrived. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, when we were talking about how heavy the ticks were, you know, down here last time, um, and you said that you had never been bitten, but, or, you know, never had one, I was like, how is that possible as much as, I know. you know, as much as you've done outdoors and everything? Yeah, right? Yeah. Just so, yeah, it's just, 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 yeah, just luck, I guess. Congratulations, like buddy. Congratulations. I've been bitten by pretty much everything else. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> but anyways, uh, what was interesting though is uh, so we had to we had to get the RV back home, got it home, and then once as soon as we got home, it's like okay, I, I'm I'm building a garden in the backyard, and before I can build my garden, I have to move that damn keel. <laughs> So I moved oh. the keel out of the backyard. Remember, I told you guys about I, mm-hmm. I uh, yep. it ripped apart my old sailboat. Right. So, anyways, I towed the keel partway out of the backyard behind the behind my car, and then it it it, it just made a mess of the lawn. There's a big furrow. It looks oh. like I've been plowing. And then I uh, <laughs> used a come along, a two ton come along, and winched it onto my trailer. And oh, it's it's that thing is so heavy, and uh, I, I just. Just because I I didn't want cops going, hey, you didn't tie down your load, so I put straps on it, but that that keel ain't going anywhere. <laughs> so so tomorrow I'm going to go to a metal recyclers and get rid of the keel, and then I could build my garden. But yeah, so I uh, starting early this morning did a lot of hiking, and I think we did uh, what is it six or seven kilometers today with the kids. And, right. uh, and Beckett did more because he kept forgetting his stick and he'd have to run back and get it. And, <laughs> and then we he, he he forgot his stick like four times, right? So he's running back and forth. My stick! It's like, it's a stick. You can find a new, new one. <laughs> but no, no, he had to get the stick. It's special. Yeah. <laughs> it's I a know. special stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, it was, so it, was a, it was definitely a full day. Yeah. Hopefully we can get out on the water soon. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. Not everybody's doing yeah. hikes lately. Yeah. Well, some good news is the Paddling Adventures Radio store, online store, is now up and ah, running. Ah, yes. That's our, our latest thing here. Paddling-adventures-radio.myshopify.com. A uh, whole bunch of stuff. It's our online store because a lot of people have been, been asking where can we get stuff. And that's where you can go to get your uh, Paddling Adventures Radio gear. T-shirts, crewnecks and V-necks, different logos, different colors, uh, tank tops. Uh, yeah, the V-necks, because a lot of uh, women like the V-necks. They say, you know, they get, um, even my, my wife and daughter were talking, and they say, yeah, the crewnecks are a bit choky. So uh, tank tops, different logos, colors. You can get neck gator there. It has all three of our logos on it. Mugs, you can get the 12-ounce enamel mugs. They're good for camping, or you can get the 15-ounce coffee mugs drawstring bags we have three different versions with each with a logo uh probably adding more items later date and a lot of this they go from small to either 4xl or 2xl depending whether what the shirt type is and unfortunately we don't have a a, a say in any of that it's that's the, the way they make them right. yep. yeah uh free shipping on all orders and all the pricing on our site is canadian dollars so uh, order some of our gear. We'd love to see pictures of you in it or using it. And, uh, maybe we can post some of them on our Instagram and, and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. it's our cool. new online store. We're going to post it on our Facebook. It's actually already on our Facebook page and put on our website and all our social media so you can get to it. Uh, paddling dash adventures dash radio dot my com. Go check it out and, uh, let us know what you think. I, I checked it out. Did you, did you buy I anything? Did. I didn't buy anything, you but I like sure. <laughs> but I did notice one thing. I, I really constructive criticism. Yeah. Okay. There are no "I love my foreign correspondent" T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Because I asked if we could do that sort of thing, and they said no uh-huh. pictures of Derek either. <laughs> <laughs> I want. You know what I want? Ooh, that's a good idea. Like a picture of just like a full picture of your heads on a shirt. Just your faces. And then people can throw things at you. <laughs> no, just, you know, there's Sean's face on a shirt. There you go. <laughs> and nobody will know because it's a podcast. And they go, <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> bet you get a lot of attention. Well, I bet you. Yeah. Who's that guy yeah. with a guy on his chest? Yeah. 
See, if Derek had a beard, then we could just do two beards on the chest. I, I can I can get one that like a like a Santa Claus beard that just strapped from ears, <laughs> or a beard on each side of a mug, and then with our yeah, name yeah. with our name underneath, or maybe I'll just put a beard with my name and then nothing on the other side in Derek's name. <laughs> <laughs> just beard, <laughs> just blank, no beard. <laughs> just put his name at the bottom of the cup. Kind of like an evolution kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> put one. I've grown one my hair. beard back now, so I could. You could put me in the middle. Oh, so see, all three of us. Huge full beard, a you know, sort of trimmed beard, and then Derek. Uh, yeah, a big beard with my name under it, a trimmed beard with your name under it, and then just Derek's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll work on that. I'll talk to you after the show. All right. <laughs> Um, do, do, do Alberta Crownland camping. Oh boy. Yeah. Kevin Callan's been, Oh yes. He posted the, uh, something on social media. Uh, he's been talking about scalpers reselling the Ontario wow. parks campsites for major bucks yeah. and everything. He's all over yep. the national news and everything. Yeah. Um, I know. I've been seeing that. But what got me is, is he posted something, shared an article from, uh, our buddy Evan Holt traversing. Uh, mm-hmm. he has his Facebook page traversing, check it out. He has a lot of good info, information on there. And the article was about crown land camping in Alberta. And the government of Alberta is currently working through a new bill, which has already passed the first reading that would allow them to charge people to access crown land. If it's passed, public lands, camping pass will be required to random camp on public land along the eastern slopes of the Rocky Mountains starting June 1st. So it's like this year. It's coming up. It's here. Yeah. It's like a month and (laughs) a half away. So campers have to be 18 years and older to have, would be required to purchase a pass. They got a couple of options here. $20 per person for a three-day pass or $30 per person for an annual pass plus tax. Yeah. And a system processing fee. Mm-hmm. wonder yeah. what that'll be. Well, yeah. that's minimal. It, well, for Alberta, it's 325 plus uh, GST. Yeah, 325 plus GST oh, system okay. processing per trend. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I misunderstood that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see this coming here in Ontario. Well, it's not in Ontario yet, but you know. it's heading. We're heading that direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. passes are, it would be available. They're saying it online or at locations of self-fishing and hunting licenses. And the government of course says the money will be reinvested to improve visitor experiences and conserve and protect wilderness areas, as well as such things as upgrade infrastructure, improve education, support conservation, monitor and enforce rules, promote public safety, improve environmental and waste management. Ontario has a difficult enough time right now monitoring and enforcing rules. So every Correct. dime that can, that Ontario would make if they brought this into place would have to go into that. Yeah. Because they can't even do it in their own provincial parks right now, much less anything else. Mm. I know, right? And, and who's wow. going to police that? Like, we, we barely have enough... Uh, like there's very few rangers and stuff like that that uh, you know patrol like provincial parks, let alone crown land. Yeah, yeah. In, true in, enough, right? In all the years of going to Algonquin Park backcountry camping, I've seen rangers twice. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've only ever seen them once. Mm-hmm. Campers would be asked to show proof of payment, a printed pass or or mobile app, to enforcement officers if asked. Initially, as the new pass rolls out, campers may be provided information and given an opportunity to comply. However, over time, non-compliance could result in a fine. Hmm. So, how long till this comes to Ontario? If it it passes in Alberta, this is in Ontario next year. Yeah. Want to lay money on it? Yeah, anybody? Probably. How much is a pass? Uh, 30 bucks? Yeah. Anybody want to bet 30 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, John, 20 bucks because US has like equivalent to 30 bucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, still a sucker's bet, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, you know, in, okay, so if the money, oh boy, I, I can, uh, I'm, not, I'm struggling with how to say <laughs> this, okay? I could get because, behind it if they could prove the money was going to where they say it's going. Right. And, and I'm, I'm good with, with fees where, you know, you know, it's, it's going to these things, right? Mm -hmm. In general, I am good with that. The problem is with this though, that I can see and, and, you know, you start looking at, are you looking at, think, think of what a, think of what a trip across Canada would cost you or cost a family, right? If you're going to go out and do a camping trip, a road trip. If you are visiting different systems, because then you're talking about, you know, your what you're what you're staying in a provincial park, what you're paying there, mm -hmm. uh, national park, what you're paying there, and now crown crown land, land as well. So so you're you know you're you're looking at different systems that are all going to have these fees. It's yeah. And there, there's a lot of people that hit crown land camping in their vans and trailers and stuff like that, mm -hmm. specifically because they can't afford to be spending right. a week or two weeks in a provincial park. So yeah. they, they go yeah. down these old deserted back roads filled with potholes and bumps, you know, at two kilometers an hour to get their trailer down there to have mm -hmm. two weeks of peace and quiet camping. Yeah. And now that's going to be 30 bucks for an annual per person, or mm -hmm. if you don't, if you only do it once, you know, like 20 bucks per person. So, I mean, definitely they're pushing, you got to be pushing for this $30 per person for an annual pass. Yes. Because if yeah. you go a lot, 30 bucks realistically pays itself off pretty quick. Right. Wow. I could agree with this in Ontario only if there's some way. My issue with currently with Crown Land Camping is uh, there's too many people going out there that are unaware of the rules or unaware of leave no trace or they just go out there and, and just tear up the backcountry and leave trash behind and and it's very undisciplined and uncontrolled. And uh, if, the, if this were to come to Ontario, I could only get on board with it if they were going to somehow uh, properly police the people who are making a mess of the backcountry. Because right now there's no controls and, and the people don't, there's too many people to get out there on the Crown land and, and they don't care. And then it's, it might just be like maybe 5% of the people that cause all the damage, but there's a lot of damage being done, right? Mm -hmm. They're making a yeah. lot of mess. They're leaving a lot of garbage behind and it's not just Crown land. It's like, like I've heard stories of uh, French river where you know, they left a barbecue behind and, and stuff like that. It's like, you know, the campsites are trash tarps and, you know, messed up tents. And it's just, it's ridiculous. It's uh there's too many, if they can find a way to make this work and charge people and kind of get control of the situation and can clean up the backcountry and can can kind of educate people of how to treat and deal with the backcountry and, and, you know, the riparian areas and backcountry areas and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's, uh, there's too much damage being done. If this can fix it, that'd be great. The amount of crown land. Do you think they actually have enough people oh, to they police? They don't have mm. enough to police mm. the provincial parks as it is. No. So people are just going to take their, their chances. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. likely. Yeah. yeah. You know, they can put all this into play. And they say, okay, well, you know what? Oops. So how much is the fine going to be? 150 bucks? Okay, whatever. I've been doing this for six years. You guys finally yeah, caught I'll me. Yeah, I'll pay my 150 bucks. Here's my 150 bucks now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Yeah. Well, it's something to keep our eyes on, you know, because a lot of people are now doing their backcountry trips, you know, canoe trips and paddling trips and uh, hoping uh, to get some crown land because they're not getting anything at a park. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have to see. But yeah, if, if this passes in Alberta, I got to think this they'll they'll try this in Ontario next year. I think it'll fail in Ontario. Really? Yeah. I think it'll fail <laughs> miserably. I can't see it working. I don't know. Like, there's just I don't too know much what... crown land. There's no way they can police that oh, much. Oh, there's so much, right? Yeah. 
and and so as, as it is like that we can't patrol the provincial parks and i just don't see how this could possibly work here it's uh it's unfeasible to uh to get you're gonna have to hire all new all new uh like uh be, would it be ontario parks that would run it like who's gonna who's gonna control it who's gonna well, monitor it wouldn't be it? ontario parks because yeah. it wouldn't be park system it's crown land I know, but the thing is, Ontario Parks already has a system in place for booking and for reservations and for so on. Plus, Ontario Parks already have like uh, conservation officers and, and rangers and or whatever you call them here. So they already have those people, and it's just this whatever fee that would be put in place would help hire more conservation officers and and whatever to get into the backcountry and in these areas. And and maybe they'll only police the hot spots where they've there's known issues with with damage and and with mess and and so on right so maybe maybe that this is they'll it'll be something that uh, ontario parks would get off the ground and run with right i can't you can't start an entirely new organization to police crown land it's going to have to be like ontario park staff and stuff like that it, it's mm. it's the only way feasible well and that's why i say i think it'll fail if it comes to ontario yeah it'll ha it'll have to be an existing ontario parks has enough problems policing their own they can't police Crown Land as well. Yes. So, but this new revenue stream would pay for more conservation officers, right? And that's the thing: is Ontario Parks they have the infrastructure in place already. They just need to hire more people. Yeah, I don't think it'll right? raise enough money though. So that's. Yeah. No, oh. it, 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 and absolutely true. It's it's. Uh, I, I don't see how it could possibly work, and I don't see. I'm not sure with what good it'll do, but. Uh, if they can somehow clean up the mess that people are doing on oh, crown land yeah. as it is, then maybe it will be a better way. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see this as being a success. Yeah, all you got to do is paddle faster than them. Let's take a quick break here. And uh, when we come back, we got two more things to talk about and uh, pretty cool things going on. That's for sure. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Sean Rowley, and you're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. To find out more about us, check out our website, paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Current and past episodes of our podcast can be downloaded or streamed from iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page of our website. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Facebook or our website. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. So I was, and Derek, you're to blame for this because you got me stuck on the Adventure Journal. <laughs> I know. Like I, I, I actually have, I'm subscribed to the journal. So one came in the mail today. Oh, did it's, it? Oh. Uh, yeah. It, that's the one where I have it's, uh, it, my address is Douche de la Canoe. Oh, that's right. Douche de la Canoe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's my name on the, that subscription really yeah. you changed yeah. your name on different subscriptions oh just on this one i this is this the only subscription i got oh okay. <laughs> yeah we won't tell you the one that i send my dad a um a train magazine oh, he's into model trains yeah. and that i won't <laughs> tell you the one i put on there i just put it on there to see if it would go through oh god and it went through <laughs> oh no and, and they I'm, don't seem to care no i don't know what the mailman that drops it off goes oh there's a magazine for whoa <laughs> <laughs> your dad must think that's funny he thinks your mom it's probably right my mom yeah my mom's not all that impressed uh but my dad thinks it's uh pretty funny so yeah if if you have any wild name that you can think of and you're ordering a magazine subscription or something Put it on there. Don't put your real name. Yep. Put that name. <laughs> Make something up. Pee Wee Herman or something. You know, like, oh. just put it on that. By the way, speaking of Pee Wee Herman, you watched... Uh, <laughs> By the way. <laughs> you watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure again uh, the other oh, night. Oh, did you? 
it is it holds up so well. It is still so bizarre and so good. Yeah, rewatch it. Check it out. What's he doing these days? I don't is think he... I even watched the first one. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta check it out. It's it's, it's uh it's yeah. pretty great. It's very obviously Tim Burton. And uh yeah, it's it's uh it's a classic. I'll believe you. You know what you know what else is a classic? <laughs> Mm. Star Wars, buddy. Star Wars is a classic. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman's Big Top is not a classic. Not Big Top. Jaws. Jaws is a classic. Aliens is a classic. Star Trek is a classic. <laughs> Pee Wee, not so much, I'm thinking. Oh, I t- tell you what. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Tr- just just trust me on this. I, I I kept harping on you about Letterkenny, yes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much. And, and, <laughs> but it's a great show, right? Oh, it's definitely a great show because yeah, I can relate. Okay. Yeah. So I can relate with this. Letter Kenny. I am not relating with Phoebe Herman. <laughs> unless I'm glad you have an open mind. <laughs> unless Bruce Willis and Nakatomi Towers are involved, <laughs> then the I'm all over. Yes, that is a Christmas movie. I agree. You throw Pee Wee Herman into there or off of there, whichever. <laughs> <laughs> off of there, yeah. yeah. Oh. Anyway, um, so yeah, Derek, Derek got me hooked on. So every so often, I'll, I'll check out Adventure Journal. Uh, you can see it online at adventure-journal.com. Now, the stuff they have online, is that the same stuff you in your magazine? For the most part, yeah, it's like they they do a lot more on online. So it's every what is it they they put out? I, I think I get emails from them like two or three times a week, right? Different stories. Lately, they've been into a lot of bicycling and so on. It just depends on the season, right? And so as we get deeper into summer, they're going to get back to to like uh, watercraft stuff and paddling, kayaking, canoeing, whatever. But it, they go, seem to go through a is like a cyclical cycle type yeah. thing, and uh, right now they're heavy into cycling and so on. All right. But well, yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting. The online version is the the free version that I read because uh, I like that price. Yeah. There's a story on Neil Moore and his two year kayak uh, sorry canoe trip across the United States. So in early 2020, he left Astoria, Oregon and in his 16-foot Old Town canoe bound for the Statue of Liberty. Figures two years, 7,500 miles. Uh, yeah. 49 years old, so, you know, our age. Well, not John's because I think John's older. Uh, 38. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're old, said us 20-year-olds. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's been overseas, so he says he's going to, he decided he'd come home early after nearly, or come home after nearly 30 years abroad to rediscover America and show the stories of the people in a style of journalism all his own, slow and low down from the view of his canoe. Um, cause he's been living overseas is in, uh, Taipei and Cape Town is where he spent the last 30 years. Yes. That'd be weird. Because then, realistically, would you still right? feel, like, in your case, John, American, in our case, Canadian, would you still feel American or Canadian if you didn't actually live here for 30 years? 30 years? No. Right? I well, mean, you think about, and you even think about, uh, you know, people that are, that do college programs in other countries, right? Mm-hmm. They, a lot of times, going back and forth, and I saw this in, in my a master's program was on Southeast Asian studies. So you had a lot of students coming from Indonesia and um, Thailand and, you know, different countries. And they would feel funny even even with those four years, like going back and forth, right? Because they feel like, well, I'm not fully Thai anymore. And I'm certainly not American. Just, you know, just sort of that four years. So 30 mm-hmm. years? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he uh, charted a two-year journey on 22 major waterways through 22 states. Now, he almost didn't make it out of Oregon because he slipped across the straight state line in late March just ahead of the shelter-in-place order. <laughs> that would have derailed his whole project. Yeah. <laughs> but be, despite the pandemic, he kept, uh, he decided, you know, I'm just going to do it anyway. And, uh, cause realistically he had no choice because he's lived three, 30 years 
between Taipei and Cape Town, um, I don't think he really has a a home here, right? No, he said he's homeless. Right. He, he said yeah. it's uh, everything he owns currently is in his canoe. Yeah. Well, he has no vehicle. Well, he has no house. He has. He's just living day to day doing this canoe trip. Still gets his mail in Taipei. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, turn around and going home wasn't an option because of his home. If he has no, because the, Taipei, the skies so closed. Right. No, no yeah. international travel, right? Yeah. Uh, he stuck with his plan, battled upstream on the Columbia, Snake, and Clark Fork rivers to the Continental Divide, then three thousand two hundred forty-nine miles down the Missouri and Mississippi rivers to winter in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, that seems when they do the was it uh, was the Grand Grand Adventure Grand Tour. Oh, the Grand Tour. Yeah, is that the one uh, Steve Chard did. Oh. Yeah. Is it the Grand? I was, thinking, I was thinking of something else. Anyway, they a lot of them end up down in, the, down in Florida in that area for the winter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so he's down there Gulf of Mexico, and then he timed his journey with the seasons carefully to stay ahead of the northern freeze and behind the Gulf Coast hurricane season. Yes. <laughs> so he's lost his canoe. He's been through a tornado, was nearly run down by a Mississippi barge, <laughs> so, you know, there's not everything goes smoothly. No. And he says the, and even Mike Ranta, when we talked to Mike Ranta about his trips across Canada paddling, the most memorable part of the journey has been the intense friendships he's forged along the way. The depth of each connection accentuated by its brevity. It's like a fling, he says. You've got this brief romance with the town, with the people, with humanity, and then they're saying their goodbyes and they literally push you out the river. <laughs> hey, hey thanks for coming. Come again when you can't stay as long. <laughs> uh, but Mike yeah. Ranta said that. It was the people he met along the way. You it know, really hey, makes, if yeah. You, yeah, you know, come on in for, for a bite to eat before you continue on for the day for lunch or, oh, you need to play, yeah, yeah, stay, we got a room or pitch your tent in our backyard or whatever, right? Yeah. I think a lot of that's with a lot of trips too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, it really is a lot of it is, you know, sometimes obviously it's, it's the land or it's a certain river, you know, for the experience, but it's so many times it's the people you meet. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what, with that 48 state tour we're looking at. And we had chatted about this on the break is I can see exactly what he's saying with this because I'll get into one state, paddle. You know, and if, if meet a listener, um, like we talked about before, and, and we've had a number of listeners uh, write in and offer to help or you yeah. know, take me out someplace. You figure you do that, you grab a meal, have a drink, and then the next day you're driving to another state. So I I read that and I went, hmm, yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Um, unless, I mean, you, unless you make it part of your plan for a layover day or something like that. Right. Right. Yep. But, yep. uh, yeah, it's, Hey, let's go here and paddle a little bit and okay. See ya. Yeah. You know, and for, for them, it's just, you know, it's just another day, but for you, it's a day mm-hmm. in, and meeting in a long line of meetings. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he's divided his trip into three segments. Uh, first one is to the great divide, which was Oregon to Montana. Uh, second part was to the big easy, which was Montana down to Louisiana. And a third section, uh, he's calling them acts. Uh, the third act <laughs> was to Lady Liberty, the Gulf of Mexico up to the Statue of Liberty. Now, if you go to 22 rivers, the number 22, 22rivers.com, he's got a blog with updates about his trip so far. So he started this, Mar- was it March of April of 2020, right? Um, so now he's been, he's been going a year now. So he's got all these different, different, uh, experiences. He's written little blog updates along the way. So, um, we're not going to go into the whole conversation he had with the adventure journal. So if you go to adventure journal dash or sorry, adventure dash journal.com and look up the Neil Moore right now, it's on the top of the on top of the page and you can read the whole interview they had with him. And if you go to 22rivers.com, you can get updated on all his blog postings for the last year. But there's also a map that shows his mm-hmm. route. 
Um, yes. And yeah. I can't remember where on this map, but apparently it tells you actually where he is right now. And I think he's on the is it the Tom Bigby River down in Tennessee. Yeah, the, he's on the, the Tennessee Tom T- Tom Bigby River uh, system right now. And again, I'm using two computers and I keep grabbing the wrong mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, it shows, and it shows the entire route that he's done. And if you go to 22rivers.com, sorry, yeah, and you click the expedition tab, scroll down, there's the the map is right there. And uh, so basically he's gone from Oregon straight across to North Dakota. Then from North Dakota, he heads southeast through South Dakota, Nebraska, and Missouri before heading south to Louisiana. Uh, then he heads north through Alabama and up to Kentucky. And that's about the area where he is right now, I understand. Yep. Then he heads northeast um, to Lake Erie and New York, up in New York State. And he cuts across there, straight across. to f- he's, He'll finish at the Statue of Liberty. And he's figuring a end day, uh, a date of December, 2021. Which is yeah, so that's... kind of chilly. <laughs> yes. Yes, it will be. <laughs> but yeah, that's quite the, quite the route. Um, it's an epic route. Like it's pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, it, you think, of, I mean, you know, the Missouri river alone is, you know, it's, that is a massive undertaking. The mm-hmm. battle. And it's not easy. You know, that Linda and, and Gary DeCock had done that. Yeah. And it was hard. You know, I mean, that was one of the things that they were talking about. It was really hard. And, and they're hardcore. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're, they're so nice and so laid back, but they're hardcore <laughs> paddlers. And uh, that was, that one trip alone was, was really tough. Yeah. So you think about what he's doing here, all the rivers he's paddling upstream as well. And then get onto the Mississippi down at St. Louis and take that down to, uh, you know, to Louisiana. It's like, this is, this is pretty amazing. This is some big river. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So he's, but I mean, he misses a big chunk of Southwestern. He misses all of Southwestern United mm-hmm. States. Yep. You know? Yes. So he sort of just what, what goes to the do, middle and straight be... down, you know, or sort of an angle yeah, down. And it's kind of a. Exactly, and so, but on on towards the end of his route, he's going to be passing through uh, Niagara Falls area and and uh, Lake Ontario. Looks mm-hmm. like it's uh, I can't zoom in on the map, but he's going to be in our area uh, probably November. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe October. Yeah, maybe October, November. You know what'd be funny is if I'm doing my 48 state paddle at the same time he's going through and doing those. You're doing <laughs> that this summer. Uh, I'll start it in. Uh, Mid-August, I think, is what, yeah. what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, um, but but you know, I'm looking at the map too, and and his route uh, across New York, across New York State, looks like he's taking the Erie Canal. Yes, it looks and, like yeah, he's uh, going under the yeah, he's going under the Peace Bridge, um, and then he hangs a uh, right to at Tonawanda. He he hangs a right there and and cruises up. Yeah. I, and that's that's something I've always wanted to paddle. I would love to paddle the Erie Canal. So it wouldn't be that exciting a waterway, but the history of the waterway would you know, yeah. be pretty cool. But he's not actually hitting Niagara Falls, though. No, but he's hitting. He's passing through that area. That'd be a great yeah. portage if he didn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find the uh, a map that I can zoom in on. Did you go to the Twenty Two Rivers? Yeah, where's is the map on that page? I'm on that yeah. page now. Expe- under expedition. Oh, there it is. I just found it. There you go. There you go. It I must have been that tick. Must have been that. Well, tick it was bite. like ten pages down. <laughs> so yeah, he's. Uh, it looks like he passes right through Niagara Falls. Nope. No, he cuts on the uh, the eastern side of Grand River or Grand Island. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. So yeah, he he turns at Tan- Tanawanda. He's, okay. Yeah. He's going up the Ohio soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll drive down there and say hi. There you yeah. go. <laughs> River <laughs> Angel. <laughs> Bring him some know. beer. Yeah. Yeah, because he's going to be right down in uh, southern Illinois and 
you know, Indiana. See? Hmm. That'd be fun. Do it, man. Do it. Do it. It's just an, an excuse to go drive someplace. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, I know, eh? <laughs> well, I, think, I think they did their, I think he's in Ohio right now, is he not? Is that no, I think the article said I they were in Columbus. Uh, well, that's, that's, uh, I don't think it's, he's in uh, Columbus, Ohio. I think it's, uh. Is there another Columbus? Yeah, there's a bunch of Columbuses. Really? Yeah, some guy that got off a ship someplace and didn't know where he was, and they uh, moved a bunch yeah. of towns for him. As I understand, he <laughs> never did land on American soil. Um, I'm looking No, he for... landed on a rock. We saw the rock. <laughs> <laughs> or the Plymouth people did. We saw the Plymouth He's, rock. I think, if if looking at the map, it doesn't really show it shows his route but i don't see where he's at right now but there is a columbus what is this is this uh louisiana i thought he's uh, farther north than that anyway uh, yeah check it columbus, out <laughs> uh, columbus mississippi i think check it out and uh, see if you can hook up with him yeah, yes fine. there you go buddy send us pictures uh, so yeah, if you want to check out the full article and conversation with Neil Moore, uh, go to adventure-journal.com and check out the full, uh, article. Then, like I say, head over to 22rivers.com and you get a whole bunch more reading and, uh, follow along where, where he's going to be. That'd be pretty cool to do a, a trip like that. Oh, amazing, huh? Yeah. I think you should do one, John. Maybe do <laughs> hit, hit more states though. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> more driving too, right? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> the last thing I got here, uh, you guys know Udemy or Udemy? 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 Are you calling me? What? Udemy? <laughs> uh, depends on who I've says it. Is Udemy or Udemy? I'm guessing like Udemy, like Academy. Udemy. Well, and I was thinking you to me. Hmm. You teaching me. So that's coming from you to me. You to me. Yeah. But anyways, anyway, so you, <laughs> Udemy, Udemy, uh, it's a, it's a site that you can put up your own, own courses. So if you're, you're a physicist and you want to put a bunch of different videos or whatever together and teach a course on something to do with physics, yeah, uh, you can put this together and then sell it. And then people go, Oh, I'm really interested in that. And then they sign up, they pay you whatever your your fee is, and they watch your your course. They take your course on physics, whatever, you know, about black holes or something. I don't know. Um, there are different courses on many, many different subjects. Uh, you can go there and just type in a search for something that you're interested in and somebody's selling it for like 15 bucks, 150 bucks, whatever. Different side, you know, just read the descriptions and stuff. But pretty much anything on there. Camper Christina is on there now. She has spent a lot of time putting together a course for backcountry camping for beginners, which is something that we've been saying is needed, mm-hmm. especially now. Um, I just went on quickly and just give you a quick brief up, update of, of what it is. So she's got 22 sections, 112 lectures, four hours and 54 minutes in length, length is the entire course. So you can watch it, you, you sign up for it and you can watch it at your own pace, right? But it's basically mm-hmm. 112 different videos. Wow. In divided into 22 different sections. Uh, 60 bucks, which isn't too bad. Um, if you go to Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y.com backslash course backslash backcountry camping for beginners, or just go to Udemy.com and search backcountry camping. Yeah. You'll see Christina's course there. And you, when you're, the, the goal of it is be able to distinguish the appropriate clothing footwear to accompany you on your adventure be able to plan and pack for your first backcountry camping trip. You'll have knowledge to rent or purchase the correct gear suitable for your outing. Know several different methods of food storage, safety, how to prepare their food, as well as their water and safe for safe consumption. And after completing the course, student will have all the knowledge required 
to prepare f- and head out on a backcountry camping trip. Which is pretty cool because there's a lot of people going out there going, well, I got a tent, I got a sleeping bag, what's more to it, right? Right. I think there's a call for this right now. Um, I think there, so too, yeah. There's there's a lot of YouTube videos out there that I don't think, it gives little tips and tricks and stuff like that, but I don't think it's really geared towards teaching somebody, mm-hmm. here's what you got. I mean, to me, this would be something like you'd learn in, in Scouts. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Say, so, okay, we're going to teach you, we're going to take you out, this is how you're going to, here's how you set up your tent, here's the gear you need to bring, here's how you start a fire, here's how, but she's taking, it's not Scouts anymore, and who, Oh, John, we had the conversation, was it last week or the week before, about scouts. You know, people just aren't mm-hmm. in it as much as they used to be. Right, right. Um, who teaches that, yeah. Yeah, so who teaches this sort of stuff? So I think Christina has jumped into this little uh, niche for herself here, and I think it's definitely something um, that needs to be needs to be put out there, that's for sure. And I think yeah. She's, yeah. she's had it out for, what, a week? Not even a week. Yeah, about a week. And she's already got 21 students last time I checked. That's cool. You know, which is cool. cool. So there, there's definitely interest in it. Um, yeah. Good for her. There's a, you know, there for... a need for it right now, with, with especially considering, you know, current, they're currently with the pandemic and so many people are trying to get out and, and people are going to get in trouble. Like people who wouldn't normally be camping are camping now. And uh, I think this is a really good introductory thing that people could uh, to learn from to get, you know, off on the right foot with it. And, you know, if, if you're following along with her course or any course that's needed, it's, I think this is fantastic for what's currently needed by all of the, the new people that are getting into, you know, uh, backcountry camping and so on. Yeah. So it's just good timing. Oh, definitely. Is. And there's, I mean, there's a p- couple of prerequisites she, she says on her, her page, you know, like some paddling experience and stuff like that, because that's what she's realistically teaching you to do is get out there and, you know, go on a backcountry paddling trip and, you know, here's, yeah. here's how you do it. Just go and do, you know, here's how, here's what you're going to need to know if you're going out. Don't just jump in a canoe and go, you know, take yep. a few minutes and, or five hours and, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and find out the things you actually need to know, because you're going to find out some things that, Ooh, I didn't know that, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not just going to go to the swamp and take a water bottle and, and fill it sort of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the safety info alone on that, cause I know she's, she's also very safety conscious with, I mean, I, I think is is going to be invaluable for people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, she does this, she's out there all the time. You know, we've, we've had the conversation numerous times and, and, uh, you know, on the podcast and, and just chatting and, you know, she is one of the hardest working people, you know, um, that I know. And so she'll put together this and, and to give people, you know, when you start out, you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And, and yeah. I, you know, I think about like our first, when Jan and I, you know, I camped and backcountry camped and stuff, you know, for a long time. But when we took that first kayak backcountry camping trip, oh my God, it was, it was comical, you know? And, uh, yes. so she'll be able to give people good advice and they'll be able to use that, figure out and, and be able to do it more safely. So I, my hat's off to her. I think it's really cool. Well, I know she's spent a lot of time putting this together. And like I say, there's, there, there's a, for, for all the different topics, she's got a full list on her page of what this course covers. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like I say, with 112 different lectures, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of material to be, to be passing off to people to, to get them to consume and keep in their brain. And, but it's, it's cool. Cause you can go, you know, if it's online like this, you can go back and, look at things again that you may have not fully understood and and whatnot as opposed to going and taking a course and getting back home and going, oh, what did he say about that knot? You know, yes, you, can, you can just go back and watch that video again. Video, yeah. yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, so again, go to Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y.com uh, backslash course backslash backcountry camping for beginners. Um, and I know a lot of women out there are, are, have been getting into the last few years, the, uh, paddle trips and stuff. So, um, this is probably, uh, perfect, uh, if you're uncomfortable going elsewhere for any 
lessons, then this will be perfect for you to, to check that out as well. Uh, and I think that's all I've got this week. What about you guys? Anything? I, I, I'm tapped out. You were like tapped out same. before we started. John still. <laughs> I, I'm tired. It was the tip. <laughs> so tired. Oh, it was. It was. I have to figure out. I have to figure out how to safely get this uh, keel off to the uh, metal recyclers. It's. Uh, oh God. It, it's. It, it, I'm pretty sure my trailer is overloaded. Well, what I want to know is that tick that was on your leg started out as two millimeters and then turned into three, then turned well, into no. four. I said the body itself was about, <laughs> of just under two millimeters and, and uh, with the legs included, it was about four. It was a really big tick. Well, it was three and then Siobhan said it was four. Yeah. So I figured it keeps getting bigger. I figure it's about a foot and a half yeah. by now. Yeah. Like a fishing story. It was like a fishing story. That's what yeah, I said. Exactly. It's like yeah. a fishing story. <laughs> Yeah, that, I should that, have took a picture of it. That tick on my leg was at least an inch between the eyes. How many <laughs> eyes does he have? <laughs> between the eyes. <laughs> at least an inch between the eyes. <laughs> uh, and again, if... Uh, oh, one of our top stories here, if I can find my paperwork. Uh, remember to go check out our online store at on Shopify. Um, if you just go to Shopify.com, ca or .com and type in paddling adventures radio it'll it'll come up or if you just want to go to paddling-adventures-radio.myshopify.com or if you go to our uh, facebook page and whatnot the direct link will be right there and check out all our uh, our new gear we have john go check it out and buy something <laughs> you cheap ass the only way i'm gonna get it sure i've been talking to you guys for what three years now no since 2018. Yeah, three years. It's been far too long, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm out of here. Yeah, we're outie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know if I've got a shirt anymore. I think it got taken. Oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so yeah, yeah. Cry me a riverboat not having a Paddling Adventures radio shirt, buddy. Neither do I. And it's... <laughs> 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 you know. Uh, okay, well, if you guys got nothing else, then I've got nothing else. All right. We're, we're good. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to bed. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our, our episodes on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can go to the Paddling Adventures page at... Uh, you can go to the Paddling Adventures radio.com page and the episode tab at the top. Yeah, I'll get this out. Don't worry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and listen to all 270 of our episodes. 270 episodes. Give me a break. Uh, and if you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. John, thanks for coming on this week, buddy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. And uh, yeah, get back to work and do your own podcast. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. I'm Derek Sprecht. We'll see you next time.